from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Scott Seidenberg on VSN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the Look Ahead here on VSN, the sports betting network. You can always follow along on Twitter at Scotts on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. The NBA playoffs roll along, and it was a good day for the home teams as all three home teams won, including the Dallas Mavericks as a five-point underdog in their game two against the Utah Jazz. Playing without Luka Doncic once again, Jalen Brunson went off for 41 points as the Mavericks even up that series at a game apiece thanks to a 110-104 victory. The 76ers made quick work. Of the Raptors, 112-97. Tyrese Maxey had a good game, 23-9-8. And And the Golden State Warriors continue to look strong as ever, especially with this new death lineup that they unveil. And they get by the Nuggets, 126-106. And the problem with this entire matchup, really, is that the Nuggets are not equipped to come from behind. They're just not. When they score, they score at a methodical pace. They work the ball into Jokic. Jokic either scores or he finds somebody else because he's such an incredible passer. But they don't go on 12-0 runs. They don't go on 18-4 runs. And so if the Warriors build up this lead, that's it. Game's over. And going back to Denver, I know they say, that a series doesn't begin until a home team loses a game. Yeah, I don't think that the Nuggets are going to come away with a win in this series. This is going to be a Warrior sweep. The series prices have been updated for a lot of these uh, series now. And the Raptors Sixers, which I liked it at plus 150 prior to the series beginning. Right now, you can get the Toronto Raptors at plus 1,000. I don't know if there's anything about these two games that gives you any confidence that the Raptors can win four out of the next five games, which is what they're going to need to do. I just don't see it happening. They'd have to win the next two in Toronto, which they're capable of, then they're going to have to steal a game 
in Philly and win game five at home. Or game six, excuse me, at home. That's, I don't know if it's going to happen. Winning four of the next five games feels like the odds should be greater than plus 1,000, just based off we've seen. Uh, The Memphis Grizzlies series price is very intriguing. And we will talk to uh, Jessica Benson from the Grizzlies coming up a little later on. Because Memphis drops game one to the Timberwolves. Game two will be tomorrow. Memphis is a seven-point favorite in game two. At the beginning of this series, Memphis was about minus 330, something like that. And now you can get the Grizzlies at minus 125 for the series. I love it. I think that's just an incredible price. Because I do believe they'll win game two. And I still like them to win this series. And I think game one was just the perfect recipe for Minnesota. They came out hot, riding that energy that they got from the play-in tournament. They shot well. And Memphis, they allowed them to score 41 points in the first quarter. And the game just kind of got away from them. I don't think that happens in game two. So I like Memphis, not just to win game two and to cover game two, but I like them uh, at this this series price of minus 125. Celtics and Nets, another interesting series price. Remember, the Nets opened up as the favorite in this series, and it was quickly bet the other way. And Boston went off as a small favorite in the series. Well, after winning game one, thanks to a buzzer beater, Boston is now minus 220 compared to the Nets at plus 180. If you think the Nets have a shot to win this series or win game two, which there's definitely an adjustment. Game two will be on Wednesday. The Nets are three and a half point dogs compared to the four point dogs or four and a half point dogs that they were in game number one. And there's the price plus 180. Suns, Pelicans, Suns are minus 3,000. I mean, you might as well make that minus 10,000. Bucks are minus 3,000. Same thing. Might as well make that minus 10,000. Miami Heat are minus 750. Hawks are plus 500. Those are some of the updated series prices here in the NBA. According to our very own Dave Tooley, uh, he notes that the favorites went 2-1 straight up here on Monday. 9-2 straight up in the first round. Uh, 7-4 ATS. That includes, uh, that, that's without the playing tournament. If you include the play-in tournament, favorites are 15-2 straight up, 12-5 ATS. Home teams are 9-2 straight up and 7-5 ATS here in the first round. Overs are 6-5 in the first round. And the play-in tournament, unders, went 6-0. So it's the home teams and it's the favorites who have done very, very well. And so let's take a look at what we have coming up here on uh, Tuesday. You got the Heat, seven-point favorites against the Hawks. Grizzlies, seven-point favorites against the Timberwolves. And the Suns, nine-and-a-half-point favorites against the Pelicans. I don't see any reason to not like all three favorites. I think my favorite play is probably the Grizzlies, though. Because I absolutely expect them to rally here. And did the zigzag theory work on Monday? Now, what is the zigzag theory? We talked about it a little bit last night, and it was the idea of betting on the team that lost game one to come out and cover here and do well in game two, uh, just based on the adjustments and, and whatnot. It did not work with the Raptors. It did not work with the Nuggets. It did with the Dallas Mavericks, who wound up winning outright. You see, I, more so than just blindly follow this trend, I actually apply it to the home teams that lose. So the only play for me would have been the Dallas Mavericks plus the five and a half. And same thing goes for Tuesday's slate, with the only play being on the Memphis Grizzlies as a part of this whole zigzag theory. 
Grizzlies losing game one at home, I expect them to bounce back here in game two at home, and I like them to cover. We will keep an eye on what happens in the game threes once these series shift location because the Raptors will be playing at home down two games to none. You would expect the books to adjust, especially in the first half pricing, knowing that the play is going to be on the Raptors to come out to a fast start. Same thing with Denver going back down 0-2 to the Nuggets. Now, Jazz Mavericks is 1-1. No feel on that. But we will see how Game 2s play out on Tuesday and what is going to happen for Game 3s on Wednesday. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Uh, in a uh, Major League Baseball, we lost our play of the day here on Monday. It was the Phillies laying a half a run in the first five innings. And Aaron Nola pitched in very, I mean, he was incredible through the first five innings. And Chad Cool was cool as a cucumber through the first five innings. And the Phillies' bats just had absolutely nothing going for them early on. Absolutely nothing. It wasn't like Chad Cool was striking out a bunch of batters. It was soft contact, flyouts, groundouts, nothing. I think he gave up maybe one hit, two hits, and that's it. And it was a 0-0 ball game after five innings. So if you took my play of the minus a half a run, and said, well, I'm just going to lay extra juice and play it on the money line, you earned yourself a push. Uh, if you laid the half a run like I did, it came to a loss. 4-1 uh, to one is the final score. Rockies beat the Phillies, but the play of the day falls to 10-2 and two now on the season. I didn't wake up in time to bet it. I wanted to bet it. I, I, I just I didn't wake up. Patriots Day. In Boston, the Red Sox were playing against the Twins. 11 a.m. Eastern time start. Rich Hill on the mound, and he got rocked, as we expected. We talked about this game a little bit last night, and we wanted to play the Twins. Twins win 8-3 to three as a small underdog here against the Red Sox as uh, Rich Hill got tagged for four runs on six hits. As he walked two, allowed two home runs, while Dylan Bundy struck out six, allowing just one run in five and a third. So uh, that's, wow. My favorite play of the day that was going to be the play of the day actually got rained out. That was the Mets and the Giants. So I might make that the play for Wednesday or Tuesday, but it is a doubleheader, so that might change my opinion on things. Speaking of opinions, let's get an opinion on the NFL draft from our very own Mike Pritchard, former first-round pick. He will join me next, coming up right here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Are you ready for a fresh start? We mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 Challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today at zen.com slash 10. That's zyn.com slash 10. Zen Nicotine Pouches are only for adults 21 and over who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining me now to talk about the NFL draft, our very own host of betting across America, former NFL wide receiver and former first round pick, Mike Pritchard. Pritch, thanks so much for giving me a couple of minutes here tonight. And before we get into this draft, I want to take you back to 1991, I think. I don't want to date you, but I believe it was 91. The 13th overall pick gets announced, and it is Mike Pritchard. What was your draft experience like? What was that like for you, waiting to hear your name called, going through the entire process? Just give us an idea of what these players might be dealing with uh, compared to what you had to go through. Oh, man, Scott, great to be with you. Uh, You know, first of all, it's life-changing. Your life is going in one direction, meaning you're going to classes, you're trying to get your degree, and then all of a sudden you get drafted to the National Football League. And, and for my case, the 13th overall pick, um, expectations and, and millions of dollars, right? <laughs> so, uh, and that happens in a matter of minutes, uh, to be honest with you. So I, I didn't expect it. Uh, we were thinking, my agent and I were thinking about the second round, high in the second round. Uh, so when my name was called on, on ESPN, uh, I was actually in my tidy whities <laughs> I, uh, I had woken up late. I think they were on pick five because back then the draft was 15 minutes per pick in the first round. And uh, no, man, I was I was sitting there in my drawers and 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 certainly my phone was ringing prior to 13, uh, which I thought was a practical joke uh, from some friends. And I didn't have call waiting. I had one landline, and it was ringing off the hook. And sure enough, they announced my name on national TV to go to Atlanta Falcons at 13 overall. So, uh, like I said, it was a whirlwind. Um, I had to be to the airport from Boulder, Colorado. Back then, it was at Stapleton, and which is Denver still. It's over 30 miles. I had to be there within an hour. <laughs> a, a first-class ticket or flight from Denver, Colorado to Atlanta. Uh, and man, I, I was I was hustling. I was running. The media was there to meet me uh, at the airport because they wanted to interview me at my apartment, but I couldn't. I had to get to the airport, so everybody agreed to meet me at the airport. I did a quick interview, and and, and the rest is history. As I flew out to Atlanta, uh, and my my life completely changed. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, you should probably uh, write a. Le- you should probably should have thanked Rocket Ismael for signing in the CFL because. Uh, 
took one more wide receiver off the board there in that draft. You know, you're right. There was a run on wide receivers, too, if you think about Herman Moore. Yeah, Herman Moore, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, the run on receivers, kind of like what's happening now. I mean, you're going to see a run on wide receivers, and uh, whenever it starts, it starts. But Let me ask you about the wide receivers here, because <laughs> yeah. um, Drake London didn't run in his pro day, and... Mm-hmm. He's a guy that's been in this mix here to be the first wide receiver taken in this draft. Where do right. you see him compared to the other wide receivers? And do you think that London still could be the first wide receiver taken off the board? I mean, he could. The thing is, it's all about preference now. Like like Drake London and the preference at 6'5", 210 versus Garrett Wilson and the preference of 6'0", 190. And, and I, I think depending on the team. So if, if you're betting those situations uh, and then going through mocks, because the, the mock drafts uh, stuff that we see is based off of needs. And we know there's multiple teams with multiple first round picks. And, and I think that changes the dynamic a little bit. So I, I think it's a preference thing, really uh, London to me, he's not, he's not Mike Evans. He's not, he's not a big body receiver. That's a game breaker. He's a, he's a big body receiver. That's a possession guy. Uh, for instance, if he goes to Atlanta, Kyle Pitts is going to be faster than London, right? Mm. So why would Atlanta pick him? Right? And so I, 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 that's, that's where the preference comes in. Like if Atlanta is going to go wide receiver, I would think uh, one of those other guys, in particular Wilson, would be probably the guy that they would select right there. So uh, you're looking at pick number eight in that situation. But, no, London is a possession receiver. Uh, and, but, you know, there could be some teams out there that are, that are looking for a big body receiver that they're pretty high up in the draft as well. How many wide receivers do you think go in the first round? I think six is a lock. Woo. Really? Yeah. I think six is a lock. Okay. Um, yeah, because you just look at the, the salaries and, and three wide receivers just made news. Uh, when you talk about AJ Brown and McLaurin. Um, and who's the other guy that's trying to get paid right now? Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so what happened, if you look at the franchise numbers, Scott, the wide receiver position is at 18 and a half million. I think it's the second position. It's not the third right behind quarterback. So the league has to adjust that number. They're, they're tired. And, you know, I can tell you already that they're teams that don't want to pay guys, average receivers, $18 million a year. Uh, so they're going to start drafting a lot of receivers so they can lower that money and certainly have more control over the wide receiver with that fifth-year option and then also the franchise tag. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, absolutely, absolutely makes a lot of sense when you put it that way. As far as the quarterbacks are concerned, Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, who gets selected oh, first? Man, I, I hate to talk bad about players. I really do. I, these guys need to marinate, man. They're not ready for the league. Everybody's talking about Malik Willis and his playmaking ability, but playmaking ability to me needs to be transcendent. Like Lamar Jackson was transcendent. And then we have uh, Kyler Murray, who was supposed to be a playmaker, but yet he sat down in the playoffs and lost a lot of respect across the league because the guy self-sacked and he tapped out. And so, you know, there's this element that, hey, guys can be playmakers with their legs. Okay, then, then throw the football to them. Mm. Uh, you know, run them in the backfield. Uh, but if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you got to win from the pocket. And you certainly have to have courage and you have to be tough. And uh, I think the, a lot of these quarterbacks need to marinate. So I, your guess is as good as mine when quarterbacks will be selected. I know Carolina certainly wants a quarterback but they could trade down and still get the same quarterback. So uh, I, I don't, I can't call it right now where these quarterbacks are going to go. I'm, a, I'm checking my sources. I'll try to get that information <laughs> certainly out on decent. But yeah, I think right now it's anybody's guess where quarterbacks go right now. Have you locked yourself into Aiden Hutchinson as the number one overall pick? I've locked myself into the top three picks being edge rushers. Really? Uh, because that's another, yeah, that's another position that changes the game. Uh, everything's on the edges now. And, uh, you know, you got Walker, you got Hutchinson and you got Thibodeau. And so I can see Jacksonville, Detroit and Houston all going edge. Or if somebody else trades up like the giants, uh, or, or the jets, even we put those two top 10 picks. I mean, you're looking at two teams that could trade up or, or, or even, you know, you got Seattle, uh, with a defensive minded coach that that could be looking to move up too. So uh, I, I think 
it, I, I've, I've, I reserved myself to think that the next, or the first three picks could be all edge. And there's your run on that position right there. Thibodeau right now, plus 900 to be the third overall pick. Yeah. Yeah. I was going over some figures in terms of trying to see, you know, if one, two, and three, or, or yeah, I mean, that, that might be the play at plus 900 right there, mm-hmm. or, or Kinder, could you find a situation in the book that, you know, one, two, or, or two and three could be edge players too. So yeah, I'm just, I've been searching all around for, for those situations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that. Actually. I might find a way to, uh, to put that in. It's just amazing, Pritch. You know, a couple of weeks ago, a month ago or so, months ago, we're talking about is it going to be Evan Neal or Iki Aquonu taken at number one? And, right. and is the value on Aquonu? Because if it's going to be an offensive tackle, why not take the plus 500 on the next guy? And then Evan Neal's at, you know, minus 250. And now Evan Neal to be number one is plus 1600 as well as Aquonu. It just goes to show yeah. you that the information changes every day. It really does. It was crazy. I think it goes back to last year because you had the Cincinnati Bengals. They could have selected Penny Sewell, but they selected Jamar Chase. And mm-hmm. They went to a Super Bowl. So now you got teams like, okay, do we take a tackle or do we get a playmaker to help us get to the Super Bowl? And, and so offensive tackle, I know there's a need for that, and that's what mocks are projecting. Uh, but playmakers are, are just as valued right now uh, in the National Football League. French, I appreciate the time and the conversation. Look forward to all your great insight, especially – in our NFL Draft betting guide, and uh, always every single day here on VSIN. Talk to you soon, man. Absolutely. My pleasure, Scott. Thanks. There he is, Mike Pritchard, the 13th overall selection in the 1991 NFL Draft by the Atlanta Falcons. And you catch him every single day hosting Betting Across America here on VSIN. I'm Scott Zadenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S C O T T S O N. AIR. We'll get back into the NBA playoffs. Still lots of Major League Baseball to dive into. And in hockey, we got teams that may have helped and severely hurt their playoff chances. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The NFL Draft is right here in Las Vegas, and we will have extensive coverage, including mock drafts from Matt Humans. Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM, is going to give his draft analysis. Our very own host, Mike Pritchard, who was just on the show with us here. He's a first round, former first-round pick. As well as former quarterback Sean King are going to give you insight that you can bet on. Also, legendary sports broadcaster and voice of the Las Vegas Raiders, Brent Musburger, will give you his draft best bets in our NFL Draft betting guide. Sign up today to get full access to VSIN through the NFL Draft for only $19 at vsin.com slash spring. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. What a cool moment in the Dodger game today. Freddie Freeman in his first at-bat against his former team, the Atlanta Braves, hits a home run. We kind of teased it a little bit last night, just jokingly. But, yeah, it was an emotional moment for him. It was an emotional game playing against his former team for the first time. And for him to just get a good piece of that ball and send it over the left center field wall, you know uh, it just had to have been such an incredible moment. For him and uh, the Dodgers go on to beat the Braves seven to four. Clayton Kershaw in his first start since um, since he had the seven perfect innings uh, and was taken out of the game started off the game really really well. Um, ran through in the first inning. He got uh, a ground out, a strikeout, allowed a single to Austin Riley. That's the first hit that he allowed in of the season. <laughs> and then he gets the ground out. So, so far, his season stats, eight innings, one hit. In the second inning, he goes one, two, three. That's nine innings, one hit. In the third inning, he goes one, two, three. Ten innings, one hit. In the fourth inning, he gives up a hit and then gets the outs. So, we're at 11 innings and two hits. Then in the uh, fifth inning, 
he gives up a solo shot. So he gives up his first run of the season in the top of the fifth inning. And then it was the sixth inning that gave him some trouble, gave up a leadoff home run to Ozzie Albies, then a single to Matt Olson, and then um, the the other run, uh, the runner on base was obviously his responsibility, but uh, Bruce, got, Bruce uh, Gratterall came into the game and uh, got Ozuna to strike out and then got a uh, ground out, which scored a run. That run was charged to Clayton Kershaw. So Kershaw, official line in this game, in his second start of the season, five innings, six hits, four runs, seven strikeouts, and two home runs allowed. He threw 87 pitches. Um, And so he is off to just a very, very good start this season. He has thrown, uh, I guess, now 12 innings this year. Does that make sense? And he's given up four runs. He's struck out a ton of batters. So Kershaw, healthy Kershaw, looks really good. Really good. Something to pay attention to is we get to the next start for uh, Kershaw on, you know, next week and see if we can take advantage of that. Once again, uh, speaking of uh, making good starts, you know, Sean Manaya, guy just, uh, you know, gave up a run in the first inning. That was it. Manaya, six innings, one run on six hits. He struck out six. The only run was a uh, Tommy Pham home run in the top of the first inning. The Padres get the 4 1 victory. Over the Reds, uh, Manaya was traded prior to the season from the uh, Oakland A's, goes to the Padres, and so far he has been very good for the Padres. Very good for the Padres this season. That trade worked out pretty well uh, for them, and they pick up another win. Um, I'm starting to like highlight guys early on here in the baseball season of who I'm going to be looking to back, you know, as the season progresses. Who I'm going to be looking to back, who I'm going to be looking to fade, who could be a candidate to have some regression, or who could be a candidate to actually see, you know, uh, a positive improvement. And, and they always say you play to the back of your baseball card. So keeping an eye on some guys and and really. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's this part of the season should be used for your research. Speaking of research, the Baltimore Orioles are right now the best under team in all of baseball. They played another, another under game here on Monday, losing 5-1 to the A's, and uh, this one wasn't at home, where they are, what, 6-0, I think, to the under, but they are now, actually, I think they, they pushed one of those games. The Orioles have now played, what is it, 10 games on the season. Through 10 games this season, the Baltimore Orioles are... 9-0-1 oh, to the over. I mean, excuse me, to the under. 9-0-1 oh, to the under. Scores in their games. 2-1, 5-3, 8 2-0, 5-4 was a push of a 9, I believe. But if you got it at 9.5, then they're undefeated to the under. But I think that game might have closed at 9 which is why when I research the numbers, it says, you know, oh, and, you know, it says one on the push. Anyway, 4-2, oh and one to the under this season, the Baltimore Orioles. 
Game two of this series here with the A's in Oakland will be on Tuesday. First pitch is going to be at 940 Eastern time. And the total in that game, do we have one released yet? No total release just yet on that game. Let me double check here to see if we do have um, any lines yet. No, I got nothing on that game just yet. But if we do find a line, we will certainly take a look at the under. I don't think Baltimore has decided on a starting pitcher. Cole Irvin will go for the A's. But perhaps the under is the way to attack this machine that is unders for the Baltimore Orioles. The best over team in Major League Baseball is the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds this season have played, uh, where we got, Cincy has played now 11 games this season, and they are 6-4-1 and one to the over. So it's not like an overwhelming number, but they do have six overs to four unders and one push. Texas has been a very good over team this season. The Texas Rangers are currently... 5-2-2 two, and two to the over. St. Louis, 5-2-1 and one to the over. Not a lot of overs because there haven't been a lot of overs this baseball season. It's been all about the unders this season. And studies have shown that the, the home run rate is down. We're seeing maybe uh, the, the effects of the ball not traveling as far. Balls on average this year are going like maybe like five feet shorter than last season. I don't know if it's anything that they did to doctor the ball or if it's the effect of the humidors being used in all 30 ballparks trying to reduce the, the or add a little more drag to the baseball when it's in flight and restrict a little bit of that flight. I think we might be seeing the humidor effect. And it might lead to less home runs. We've seen less home runs already. And that's leading to less runs. This is really some interesting stuff, though, that we've seen so far here in the Major League Baseball season. And yes, the Baltimore Orioles have yet to play an over through 10 games. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N. A-I-R. Coming up next, we're going to get back into the NBA playoffs. Let's talk about the Memphis Grizzlies and uh, how they're going to bounce back from their Game 1 loss to the Timberwolves and see how they prepare for Game 2 coming up here tomorrow. Jessica Benson, host for the Memphis Grizzlies, will join me coming up next right here on The Look Ahead on VCNB Sports Betting Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon, made brighter. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NBA playoffs continue. Home teams did really well here on Monday, going 3-0 with the 76ers winning over the Raptors. The Mavericks as a five-point underdog, beating the Jazz and evening up that series at a game apiece. And the Warriors handling the Nuggets, taking a 2-0 series lead. Looking to do what the Mavericks did in their Game 2 is the Memphis Grizzlies, who dropped Game 1 of their series to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And frankly, it really wasn't even that close. Uh, the Grizzlies win 130 to 117 over Memphis in a game that I think was kind of shocking to see the end result of. And uh, I know a lot of people like myself are going to be backing Memphis in game two. Joining us to talk a little bit more about the Memphis Grizzlies is their host, uh, pre-halftime postgame, and she is Jessica Benson. And Jessica, before we get into game two coming up tomorrow, I got to bring it up. Defensive Player of the Year award was announced, and it goes to Marcus Smart of the Boston Celtics, the first guard to win the award in a very long time. Our guy, Triple J, Not even a finalist, Jessica. It's criminal. It is absolutely criminal. I would have to agree with you. We have to find out who is responsible. Every single voter who's responsible for this insanity. But no, Scott, I think here's my take on it. I think you might have just been a year too early. I think what has been illuminated to me once again throughout this voting process and as we get into the individual awards So much rests on reputation. Defensive player of the year, a lot goes with guys who have been in the conversation before. And going into this season, there wasn't a ton of attention on, or any attention at all, let's be real, of Jaron Jackson Jr. being a potential defensive player of the year. If anything, if you had looked at the Grizzlies and tried to pick out who could be one of those uh, candidates this season, it would have been Dylan Brooks. And then Dylan Brooks, of course, sits out for quite a bit of the regular season. And Jaron steps into the centerpiece of the Grizzlies defense. but. All I can say is he led the league in blocks, blocks per game, blocks and steals. He's not on the defensive player of the year, top finalist, top three. And he finishes in fifth, which is insane. Just look no further than the game the other night against the Timberwolves where he had seven blocks in 24 minutes, couldn't stay on the floor, and how much that impacted the Grizzlies' defense. He's been the guy who's gotten that defense to go this season, and that's why more, more importantly for him and the Grizzlies than defensive player of the year, he's got to stay on the court for this series. Yes, absolutely. And I applaud him for a tremendous season. and Hopefully a successful postseason is still in the works. Let's talk about that game one loss. What else went wrong for the Grizz against the T-Wolves? It felt like 
just about everything. I mean, you can look <laughs> at three point shooting and say, no, duh. Like you're not going to beat the Timberwolves if you make seven threes and they make 16. That mathematically not going to function well. But for the Grizzlies, their three point shooting has really been able to be kind of a cherry on top of all the other things they do so well. And when you look at the Timberwolves, I think the thing that stood out the most is they out-rebounded the Grizzlies by 11, 46 rebounds for the Timberwolves, uh, 35 for the Grizzlies, and then also outgained them on the offensive glass and were really able to work some of those second-chance points uh, for them. But I just thought it was so interesting to watch that game because I've watched this team all year long, every single game, start to finish. It didn't look like the Grizzlies at all. And there have been very few instances this season where the Grizzlies haven't looked like themselves. And especially when it comes to the energy, the Wolves just had an edginess about them. And, you know, they're a seven seed, but it didn't necessarily feel like they stole a game or got an upset. They looked like the team that belonged. And for the Grizzlies, they're going to have to really dig deep. It starts defensively for every single player on that roster. The defense has to be better because you can't give up 130 points. You can't give up 41 points in the first quarter, or you're going to get sucked back into a situation like we saw in game one, where the Grizzlies would climb, 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 only to get pushed back off every single time. I was just going to mention that to you because as soon as I, I saw the score in the first quarter and I saw 41 points, that's usually what the Grizzlies do in the first quarter, not what they allow their opponents to do. So getting off to a fast start is something I'm used to certainly seeing from this Memphis team. And I was shocked at how well or how much they allowed Minnesota to score in that first quarter. Yeah, it was one of those things where you just blinked and said, what's going on? And it really sucked the crowd out of it too. Yep. And it was so interesting to watch because much has been made about, you know, these two teams share a lot of similarities. They do. But if anything, you can look at the Grizzlies playoff experience from last season. They won a playing game themselves. They made it to the first round. They stole a game against the Utah jazz, but to be able to kind of take that, playoff experience from last season and use it to have more of a maturation this year. They were loose. They were more fun. They're always fun pregame dancing around. They have all their pregame rituals, but they just looked extra that. And then for them to be as flat as they were, it was interesting. And again, not to be a broken record, but it comes back to the defense. They're not getting any stops, so they can't get into any kind of offensive rhythm of their own. Really tough to push it in transition. They made Patrick Beverly look like an offensive player for a brief moment in time. <laughs> and when that's happening, things are going to go poorly. And then especially when you have Anthony Edwards rise to the occasion and his first playoff game the way he did, Carl Anthony Towns back bounce back from that abysmal performance he had in the play-in tournament. It was a tough recipe to fight back against for the rest of the way. I really like Memphis in the second game. Uh, I think they come out strong. I'm leaning towards playing them in the first half because they know they have to start out fast and get out to a lead here against this Timberwolves team. And I think if they do so, I'm not so sure I'm comfortable with Minnesota coming from double digits down to win this game. Uh, I do think that that should be the goal for the Grizz to jump out, and that's the goal of every team, is to build up a lead, Jessica. But how important is that first half going to be coming up tomorrow? Huge. And that's where the Grizzlies have, you know, not it's not magic, it's not secret. They have John Morant, and John Morant has that internal tick that goes off where he took that loss incredibly personally. And if you even look at, you know, his social media pages and like it or not, whatever it may be, he's been active on social media since that loss. And he even posted the Michael Jordan clip from the last dance where he's got the baseball bat and the cigar in his mouth, talking about a team that had beat them and talked trash. And it was just one game in the playoffs and one game does not make a playoff series. So I would expect John Morant to really level up. He certainly doesn't like being showed up. I'm sure that he is sitting here fuming <laughs> that Anthony Edwards is out making the media rounds and the darling of that first game. And Anthony Edwards at 20 years old, 36 points in his playoff debut. Joe wants that conversation, not just to be about him, but to be about his team. And so it will be critical for John Morant to come out. Sure. He had 32 points in that first game, got to the free throw line 20 times, which was absurd. And he'll want to make sure that he's sharing and caring the rest of the way to make sure that the team levels up along with him. We know the series is going at least five. How many games do you think this takes? I'm going to say Grizzlies in six. 
as of right now. I think going back into the Target Center, it's a tough place to play, just as FedEx Forum is here in Memphis. This is a community that has rallied around the Timberwolves being back to relevance and being back in the playoffs and obviously not much playoff experience there in Minneapolis for the last couple decades. So for them, I think it'll be a tough place to go into. But that's where you never want to call a game two a must win, but it does feel like a must win for Memphis tomorrow night so that they have the opportunity to go on the road with this series tied up at one game apiece. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And then uh, I think that's a good call. I think it's going to be uh, Grizzlies in six winning it on their home court. Uh, while I have you, let me just ask you real quick about the rest of the Western Conference, how the first round has uh, started to play out here. Um, obviously, the the bigger storyline is the Luka injury, and, and I don't know what's going to happen when he comes back, but the Phoenix Suns look darn good <laughs> and I know it's that's the number one seed and whatnot but if they're playing like that Jessica is anybody gonna beat this team and get to the NBA finals they are close to looking unstoppable and you know the Pelicans are the Pelicans but to watch Chris Paul and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton to operate in the way that they did in that first game you just can't help but think, man, is, is this team inevitable this year? And have we been silly to think that they're anything? But I will say super impressed with the Warriors in their win over the Nuggets in game one. And that new death lineup of Steph, Clay, Scary Jordan Poole, Wiggins. Scary, Scary good. good. The fact that that group only played five minutes in game one had a plus 14 differential. And yet we're talking like it's the second or the third coming at this point of the death lineup it is. Um, it, it says something about this team, and I happen to live with a diehard Golden State Warriors fan. <laughs> He's feeling pretty good right now himself. I'm sure. I'm sure he is. Uh, we'll see what what is to come as we progress throughout the playoffs. Jessica, thanks so much for giving us a couple minutes here, and uh, enjoy uh, the game tomorrow night. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Scott. She's Jessica Benson, host for the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.